a Shishkin Productions podcast. You have your radio recording devices on? Get them on. Come on! It, is it happens all over the world. People come together, kicking a soccer ball around. It's a great uniter. Find me. I don't care anymore. Drain my bank account. I don't give a shit anymore. Okay? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Calling All Casuals. It's the last episode of the year. So this week, we're passing it back to a few old segments. We're going to kick it off with a pop 11 about strange red cards from episode 20. You know, sometimes players will get a red card so they can sit out the Boxing Day match. You know, that way they can spend some time with their families. A cheeky little red card. We're going to get into some strange ones. And after that... Uh, We're going to kind of reminisce on the year, going to Amy's big question from all the way back in episode eight, asking, why soccer? So that should be a nice little philosophical ending to the year. Uh, Thank you guys for rocking with us all year. I hope you have a great new year and we will see you next week. Enjoy. We got the pop 11 on deck. We're doing strangest red cards today. Um, Before we start, um, I was going to tell you a little bit about... uh, a strange red card I got once. Oh, let's hear it. I got one red card in my career. Just one. Just one. And it was a it was a bit of a combination of things, but uh there is a story that I didn't include here. There was a guy named Robin Van Persie okay. who got a second yellow at some point for kicking the ball after the whistle and he was like, "I didn't hear the whistle." And the ref was like, "Sorry." And he gave oh. him a second yellow and he got sent off. For me, I was playing in a game I uh, didn't, I mean, I heard the whistle, but it's like, it's, I didn't really, I was like so far away from the goal and like, I know I wasn't offside. I guarantee I was not offside, but uh, either way, he blew the whistle right as I was like in the motion of hitting the ball. And so then I obviously stepped through and still hit the ball and then gave me a yellow. And I was like, what the fuck ref? Like, he was like, no, like that's a yellow. And I was like, all right, cool. And I clapped my hands at him. I said, cool, good fucking job. Thank you. Great, great. Because, oh. like, that's not, shouldn't be yellow. Yeah. And he goes, hey. And he gave me another yellow right away and sent me off. Yeah. So, for my sarcastic applause, I received. Hey, if I were yellow. to get a red card, it'd most likely be for sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Dissent, right? That's, yeah. that's what happened with me. But um, that's my red card story. That's pretty funny. I wish producer Eric was here. I'm sure he's got red card stories. He oh, seems yeah. like he's a bit of a hothead on the pitch i can see that i can see that a little bit he's got a lot of passion you know yeah if you've got a crazy red card story calling all casuals at gmail.com yeah let us know right we'd in. love to uh we'd love to read them yeah we want to know about your red card experiences yeah um all right we got a starting 11 here we got an owner and we got a manager where do you want to kick us off i'll let you go first um let's just let's start with the team we'll just kick it off with the goalkeeper Okay. Huh, like that little Hey, let's go. <laughs> accidental pun. Um we have Junior Morales. Junior Morales up front. And, and I will say this is one of the ones where um a couple of these, you know, producer Eric usually likes to rewrite them. I yeah. just kind of copy and pasted some of them. It's all good. This yeah. one's pretty funny. This one actually uh came from the Bleacher Report. Um, It's not unusual to see a footballer give an opponent or a teammate a friendly pat on the bum during a game. In the Honduran Liga Nacional, however, hand-to-bum contact seems to be punishable by ejection from the game. During a Honduran top-flight game in October, CD Marathon goalkeeper Junior Morales gave Real Sociedad... Sociedad? Sociedad. Sociedad. (laughs) 
You say it with such a nice accent. Mm. Um, Eris Hernandez, a light pat after making a clearance downfield. The linesman apparently took issue with the situation and called the ref over who proceeded to take out his red card, supposedly for the aforementioned padding, according to the Daily Mail. Morales decided not to give the ref a bum pat as he made his way back to the dressing room. That would have been hilarious. But also, what's like punishable beyond like if you're already kicked out of the game? I mean... Well, the who knows? They might suspend you for like another game or something. I I think, or you might get fined. Yeah. I think I will say like for a lot of these, as I was researching them, I was just like, some of this shit just like makes me hate referees even more because like some of the sh- you'll notice a lot of these. Yeah. It's like no, some of the stuff doesn't deserve red cards. It's just like referees being too controlling and just being cops, pretty much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I have I have one thing to say, but let yeah. me finish this out and just okay. saying on top of that, to make matters worse, this resulted in a penalty kick, which then tied up the game. So it was yeah. a draw. So they didn't yeah. even get their win. So their goalie got sent off. So yeah. they had to like take a player off, put a new goalie in. And it was it was just a whole mess. Yeah. All that for just like patting someone on the bum, though. Yeah, it's like, it does seem pretty innocent. You know, I'm going to guess that. I, think I mean, they, it was funny that it was like the other team. So well, I, I don't was, know. Maybe he got offended. They or, were, no, they were the ref. Because I ended up, I went and researched this on the Daily Mail one too. And what happened was the the guy, like, I guess, like knocked the ball away. The goalkeeper, I think, cleared the ball. And then like the attacker was probably running right up to him. And then he just kind of gave him a little tap as he like jogged away. <laughs> and the linesman called the referee over and told him what happened. And then the referee gave a red. So, like, I think it was maybe because it was an opposing team and it was viewed as, like, a, almost a, like a taunt like a or taunt, something. Yeah. But it's, like, that's it's that's so silly, man. I feel like that's probably going to be the case in a lot of these where it's just, yeah, you're right, maybe there are Some of them. Not all of them, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, I haven't read them all, but yeah. all right. Okay, the next one, we're going to get into our back line. We're playing a weird formation, as always, with these. We're playing a 3-3-4. Three, three, we got four, <laughs> four attackers. Nice. Uh, so whatever, we'll figure that out. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it. One of these guys actually could probably be like an attacking mid, but whatever. Uh, one of our defensemen is a guy named Samuel Incoum. Uh, in a match between Dnipro and Karpati Lviv, the Ghanaian had already received a yellow, so his manager decided it would be best to substitute him so he didn't risk getting another card. You know, because if you get another card, you sure. sign off, right? Yeah. Uh, and Coombs' number was called, and as he was walking off the pitch, he removed his shirt, you know, ready to go hit the shower or whatever. Unfortunately, removing your shirt while on the pitch is a yellow card offense, and the referee was rather strict. Uh, and since Incoom hadn't technically left the pitch oh yet, my God. the referee gave him a second yellow on his way off. Obviously, this meant Dnipro went down a man, but to make matters worse, the substitute who was preparing to come on had to go back to the bench he couldn't come on because the player oh he was gonna God. get substituted for got sent off so no substitution either so but that it's that kind of shit that where you're like god is, the referees are so fucking lame <laughs> like why yeah, would you that's do that's like just a little too much of a rule follower it's, it's like he's already going off like just let him mm-hmm. let him live <laughs> Let him go it off. It didn't King. sound like he was doing it in a taunting way. No, or I think like he, in a he was just it's it's preparing just like, to exit the the match. Yeah, it's just so. I mean, obviously, like yes, don't take your shirt off on the pitch, but like it's not that serious. Like you cannot be influencing the match to that extent. Yeah, because of some stupid rule like that. It's it's and I, yeah, like I said, we'll get into uh, a few of these. 
But um, why don't you take us into the next player here? I'll, I'll help you with the pronunciation. So. Sure. Josip Shimanich. Josip Shimanich. Okay, Josip. I wasn't. I was not going to get the Josip right. Um, in the twenty or two thousand six World Cup, Croatia were playing Australia. Graham Pohl was the referee, and he was. I think I don't know if it's Pohl or Paul. Paul. I always, I always said Paul. Graham but Paul. Been, we'll call him Graham Paul. I guess it again probably depends on where he's from. Yeah, he's British. Um, he's from he was England. in charge of a fairly heated match. The Balkan diaspora in Australia, after all, is definitely a thing. Right. As a matter of fact, Shimunic. Is that nice? That's I, fine. Shimunic. Shimunic is just that a Croatian born in Australia. So when he speaks English, he naturally speaks with an Australian accent. The, this melting pot of nations led to quite a bit of confusion for the referee. That I find hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining the referee like, wait, what? Yeah, so the referee is from England, so he speaks English. Yeah. And so half the guys on the pitch are Australians. They speak English with an Australian accent. Yeah. The other half the guys are Croatian. They don't really speak it, but Šimunic uh he's but he's to playing be, for croatia he's playing for croatia but, but he's born has an in australia <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah you can that's continue. hilarious um so shimanich committed a foul in the 61st minute which earned him a yellow card 30 minutes later he committed another earning him his second yellow but graham pole didn't show him a red Turns out his Australian accent accent confused Paul, who wrote down his second yellow card for Australia number three. Three minutes later, however, Shimanich saw his third yellow and at that point was justifiably sent off. How wild is that? I think that's great. He he got one over because, you know what they say, like, just confuse him. I think the irony of it is that, like, because this was like in the 90th 91st minute or something that he technically should have been sent off but then he was he went on to get another yellow like two (laughs) minutes later three minutes later so he still got sent off so like it didn't really impact the game yeah but it could have and i think what happened i think afterwards like the referee got in trouble for probably not being you know accurate with yeah i mean also that's part of your job so like don't let it literally like your number one (laughs) thing that you have to do um the next defender uh rounding out our defensive line to be fair, I couldn't even find info on him. He was wearing number six, so I believe he probably was a defensive midfielder. But we're going to put him in defense because of how he likes to play the game, it looks mm. like. Um, you know, uh, this was a non-league match that this happened in, so it wasn't like a prof- it wasn't technically a prof- professional game. But sometimes the strangest anecdotes can come from the smallest matches. In 2011, Dorchester were playing Haven't and Waterlooville. Which is like such a British fucking mm-hmm. name. When a rogue streaker ran onto the pitch wearing nothing but a Borat style mankini. <laughs> so you know what the neon green yes. it goes over your shoulders. I would never forget that even so if I wanted to. He ran around for like 30, 45 <laughs> seconds just while the stewards like tried to catch him but they couldn't and they were just useless. They could not chase him down. And at that point, uh one of the players, he was actually a player manager, uh, Ashley Vickers he just got fed up with it and he took matters into his own in, into his own hands he chased the streaker down he brought him down with like a <laughs> neck high WWE style tackle just fucking absolutely destroyed this guy but the ref was not impressed and the ref sent Ashley Vickers off for catching the streaker <laughs> um, wow. I put a little link to a video on there so if you go to it partway through you'll see him take him down um but after the match, Vickers said, I'm dumbfounded and speechless. I thought I was doing them a favor. Right. He said, 
their players told the ref not to send me off and their chairman even offered to take to take a player off to even things up because like why would you take the player off why would you sub the or why would you give him a red card for stopping a streaker like or yeah. a, a pitch invader i guess oh my god but that that yeah. does sound a little extreme very very bizarre um but I it's do. cool that every that's another thing it's like all the players and even the the chairman and everyone are on the same page but the referee yeah like, I do like that they tried to even it up. They recognized that it was absurd, but yeah, I I don't know about. Uh, I gotta watch this. I don't know about referees. This makes me like referees even less than I already do. <laughs> well, you just compared them to cops. So. They are cops. They're the worst. Yeah. All right, we're up to the midfield now. Yes. Uh, we have Adam Linden. Oh. Lungvist. Yeah, Lungvist. Lungvist. Um, he's a Swedish defender. He's hardly a household name in the world of football, but his name went viral in 2016 for all the wrong reasons. Love that for him. Mm. Plain Pershagen, uh, yeah. SK, a bottom tier club in Sweden against their local rivals, Jarna SK. He was shown two yellow cards. The reason? Apparently, Lungvist, Lungvist. Lungvist broke wind loudly and offered the and offended the referee to the point where he booked the left back twice and dismissed him. Lungvist was understandably baffled by the decision, stating he had a bad stomach and simply quote let go. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Ridiculous. For his part, the referee claimed he'd sent Lungvist off for a deliberate provocation and unsportsmanlike behavior. While opposition striker Christopher Lindy claimed he'd heard the flatulence from quite a distance away. The incident stands out as perhaps the strangest red card in football history, although the referee Danny Kako later claimed he'd experienced a similar incident when a player urinated on the pitch and was shown a yellow card too. Yeah, um, <laughs> so that's just absolutely uh, absurd. I'm that's a regular bodily function. Um, like, again, how can they? How can referees he out that? here wilding? Now the urinating on the pitch that you should should get sent. I, off I do that's understand, like ridiculous. but didn't you? I feel like you've said before that players I feel like, do that sometimes. I think players do that like fairly. Free, like, I mean, more I guess if you, you have think. to go and you can't, like, you can't. Get them get a bathroom break. Yeah, I think nowadays um, players don't do it as much because yeah. there's cameras everywhere. But I think like it's <laughs> definitely a pretty common. It was disgusting. a pretty common thing. I think at some point. Disgusting. Yeah, I, I understand I that. Terrible. That seems like you, a don't, look- you don't do it on the pitch. You do it off the pitch. Right. But, like, but that's more of a deliberate action than like if you just have a little gas. You know, yeah, maybe he true. ate some bad food. I think he did. He probably ate some Swedish meatballs. I feel bad for him. Yeah. Well. You know what? He went viral, so he did it. Uh, next up in the midfield, Alexander Nayok. Uh, Alexander Nayok earned a deserved yellow card during a clash between Ukraine and Austria's U21 sides in 2013 when he delivered a fairly cynical tackle from behind. Uh, and then a few seconds later, he accidentally flicked the ball straight into the face of the opponent, which the referee interpreted as an act of aggression. Uh, but it was just a poor touch. But mm. unfortunately, it earned him a very swift second yellow card and a dismissal. Um, and I, I sympathize with New York there because, like, I've definitely in, like, pickup games and shit tried to be cheeky and do something and accidentally hit people in the face with the ball. It's like you feel so bad. You're like, oh, shit, shit, yeah. shit I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. 
Um, doesn't make their their face feel any better. But, yeah, um, I kind of understand that one a little bit more. Yeah, I think so far of the ones we've done, I do not agree with the ref in in any of them really. I think the ref fucked up all around. Mm. Um, in in all cases, yeah, like there's not a single one that I really agree with so far. But we'll see. Maybe maybe the next one. Maybe I'll agree with that one. All right. Um. Up next, oh, we're still at the midfield. Mm-hmm. We have you're gonna have to. I know, I know his name, but I can't recall. Zinedine Zidane. Zinedine Zidane. Um, Zizu. Zizu. All right, everyone knows the headbutt heard around the world. I don't want to know that. That sounds you terribly. Know, you don't remember this? No, 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 no. I do, but I'm just saying, like, I, I don't. That yeah. sound is terrible. Yeah. Zizou is obviously a legend of the game, but he lost his cool in the 2006 World Cup final. Whoops, I, just, I wrote snipper instead of snippet. <laughs> um, with 10 minutes of extra time remaining, the France midfielder took umbrage to an insult muttered at him by Italy's defender Marco Materazzi, allegedly casting doubt over the virtue of Zidane. Oh my God, he yeah. insulted his sister. He, I think he called his sister a whore. Wow. Or something like that. Um, insulted the virtue of his sister. Zidane responded the way every big brother probably thinks they would. He reared up, set himself, and then delivered a solid headbutt to the sternum of Materazzi, for which he was sent off. Italy went on to win the match on penalties and claim their first fourth World Cup. The man who lifted the trophy, Fabio Cannavaro, later said when asked about the incident, no, I didn't see the headbutt, but I heard it. Yeah, that one was a... Uh, uh, that sucks. You, I mean, you gotta send him off. Like that, Of course. That's the one where I like him. Like, yeah, but it was a weird thing because that was like one of the f- few times where someone really does something like absolutely just clearly red card clearly a yeah, brutal thing it was very intentional and again you still side with the person who did it like i think the, yeah. glo- the global soccer world sure. was like for the most part i think 80 percent of people probably were like nah zidane's cool <laughs> yeah is there no i mean i guess you couldn't really but is there no like repercussions for saying like some foul shit like that i don't know no. it's one thing to like talk shit about somebody to their face but like I mean, bringing that, his sister that's into the dark it? arts that's, that's the dark arts you can say anything you want and if and, i mean you can't say anything you want there's a few things you can't say anymore but materazzi could say anything he wants about zidane's sister about any of that and zidane, it's up to him not to snap really you know sure. what i mean if you say it around the referee yeah. and the referee hears it then that's maybe different. there's something but like the referee was all the way across the pitch and he was just like jawing at him because if you watch the footage, Zizou is like trying to trot away as Matarati's kind of jawing at him. And I think they, I think literally the afterwards they had said he was talking about his sister being a whore and like his mom and shit like that. And finally, like he just snapped and he turns and bah, just like unloads. That sounds on him. painful on all sides. Like that's a terrible place to get head butted. But also yeah. like I'm sure his head was feeling the pain of that as well. I I don't know. I don't know if. I've always thought that like Matarazzi kind of obviously like you get head buttered. So, you know, whatever, do what you got to do. I feel like he made a, made them made a meal of it. Probably, I'm sure he did. Uh, I'm sure Matarazzi is a dirty player, man. But <clears throat> hey, you know what? He's a World Cup winner. So there's that. Um, moving on to our forwards, our boy Dali Innocent Gabali. In the Segunda Liga in Portugal, the fantastically named Dali Innocent Gabali came on as a substitute 
for SC Freamundi in the Segunda Liga in Portugal and managed to grab his side a late equalizer against Chaves. Apparently, Dali had been receiving abuse from the opposing fans, so to celebrate, he jogged past the fans and gave them the middle finger, but it didn't stop there. The Ivorian striker then calmly pulled down his shorts to reveal his bare ass to the already fed up supporters. Uh, the referee was not stoked and proceeded to send Innocent to the dressing room. And as the article I was reading said, not so innocent after all. <laughs> but and that's the one where it's like, well, you know, and I, I'll add a wrinkle to it. Um, and I didn't I didn't include it in this write write up. But uh, there was one article I read about it that claimed that it was racist abuse. And at that point, you're like, well, OK, if he's being ab- racist abused by the fans, uh, I guess a gesture is cool. I don't know if you can like moon them, but it's funny. <laughs> it's so like funny. I would give him a yellow for that. I mean, but yeah. I guess I don't know if he I don't know if that was a second yellow or if that was a straight red. Mm-hmm. But like um, I still don't side with the referee on these. It's, yeah. It's hard for me to side with the referee anytime. Well, especially if. Yeah. If somebody's being like clearly unfairly treated it's like of course they're gonna react you know yeah (laughs) i think that's hilarious i just like that he uh i think he ended up winning because he got he got the goal and he told the fans to fuck off yeah and that's all he doesn't need to do anymore yeah yeah all right uh let's see he's a uh he's a he's a veteran of our pop 11 he's been on a few has he oh yeah why don't i remember that eric cantona Eric Cantona. Eric Cantona can be described in a variety of ways. Enigmatic, charismatic, <laughs> kung fu enthusiast. Everyone knows the story of Cant... Huh, sorry. Cantona. Cantona karate kicking. That was a lot of K sound. Mm-hmm. Cantona karate, karate kicking a fan in the chest after he was sent off. But that wasn't his only run-in with a red card. When he was playing in France, he got a red card for throwing the ball at the referee after he was upset over a decision. After that match, he was called to a disciplinary hearing with the French Football Federation. In true Cantona fashion, he apparently took the time to approach each member of the panel and individually call each one of them an idiot. Which I absolutely love. I love Eric Cantona so <laughs> I much. Do love that. Like he's just such a uh he's such a like a brat. Like he's so um cheeky, you know, yeah. but he's like even now it like I think one of his famous quotes was like I think I think I've told you it before but he was he was always known for like he was like Zlatan before Zlatan in yeah. a lot of ways and he he was known for just like doing stuff and kind of just being like an artist type and like kind of uh you know all over the place and uh he had he had done something I don't remember if this was around the karate kick incident or when but he'd done something and like the media were like asking him things and he like all he said was something like the seagulls follow the trawler hoping that there will be fish thrown to the sea <laughs> or something like that like it was like a metaphor for like yeah. you guys are just like you want me to give you something to talk about sure and uh but it's just like he's french so the way he says these things is so like philosophical and like beautiful i don't know <laughs> it, and it's funny With too. his like beautiful accent yeah but i can just imagine him going to like the panel or the <laughs> and being like you're you're an idiot you're an idiot you're an idiot you know what I, mean? I i have to give him credit though because that's like a very risky move, but he yeah. just didn't care. I mean, he's he's goaded for sure. He's like yeah. such a fucking legend. <laughs> um, less of a legend 
right next to him in our array of strikers is Lee Todd. Lee Todd also, this was a non-professional match. You know, earlier we had Ashley Vickers mm-hmm. in the non-professional one. This one also is non-professional. Lee Todd holds the record for fastest sending off in a match. And it'll never be broken because it happened literally right as the match started. It's unofficial because it's a non-league thing. Okay, but sure. Back in 2000, in a Sunday league match between local rivals Cross Farm Park Celtic and Taunton Eastreach Wanderers, again, more British-ass names, <laughs> the referee told both teams before the match that he will not tolerate any cursing or foul language. Uh, Todd, as a striker, lined up for kickoff right next to the referee, right? Because the referee and the strikers mm-hmm. line up near each other to start the game. Um and in order to signify the start of the match, the ref obviously blew his whistle. Uh, as Todd puts it, as he walked past me, he blew the whistle for kickoff, but it blew right in my ear. I bent down and muttered, fuck me, that was loud. And the next thing I knew, I had a red card in my face. Just two seconds into the official, uh, just two seconds in, the official had given Todd his marching orders, citing foul and abusive language. The 22-year-old was fined 27 pounds. And banned for 35 days for, for the fuck me that was loud comment. I let, uh, to Lee says, I let him know that he nearly burst my eardrum. I was like, are you taking the piss? And he said, no, you're off. You've just sworn and I told you not to. Oh my God. Uh, it said, as Todd left the pitch, his teammates were laughing their heads off according to the full-time builder. So I guess his job is mm-hmm. he's a construction worker. Um, as Todd left the pitch, his teammates were laughing their heads off. They thought it was a joke too. But it soon hit us when we realized we were down to 10 men. I had to stand there for an hour and a half and just watch the game. At the end of the day, it didn't really make a difference because even down to 10 men, Cross Farm Park Celtic strolled to an easy 11-2 victory. What? <laughs> that just kind of goes to show how amateur the fucking yeah. thing is. It's such a Sunday League shit. But it is <sighs> funny that he got a red card immediately. That and is so fucked up of the ref, though, for I, sure. Like, I kind of wonder if the ref knew that, like, this team was so much better than that one that he was like, fuck it. I, like, literally, you just, I just told you not to swear and you yeah. swore you're off. But I feel like that was. It's another, just, like, power grab, right? Yeah. And it's also, I feel like if a whistle got blown in my ear, too, I would, like, react without thinking. Like, that yeah. that would hurt so bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But that was his... I um, like that one. Yeah, that was his claim to fame. So, there you go. Oh, my gosh. It happened. All right. Rounding out our starting 11, we have Eden Dzeko. Adin Dzeko, yeah. Adin Dzeko. While on international duty for Bosnia, Dzeko was brought down. As most players do these days, he grabbed onto the ball. The defender yanked the ball away from him, and Dzeko, in the fog of war, yanked down the defender's shorts. <laughs> yep. The referee was unimpressed and sent Dzeko off. Yeah, there's like a picture of it. It was, uh, it was Greece versus Bosnia, and he's like laying there, and the guy's standing over him. So Dzeko's in between him, and he reaches down and gets the ball from him. So Dzeko just reaches up and pulls his pants down. <laughs> and uh, yeah. It, it was, was pretty a, legendary. It was a red card. Uh <laughs> Don't know what compelled him, but it happened. Um, he these are funny. He did it. Um, I'm gonna take the manager for this one. I'm gonna take Rudy Garcia, okay. and then you can do the owner. So the manager for this club is Rudy Garcia. Good old Rudy. I included a link there if you click on it. It's a GIF. It's the only footage I could find of him doing this gesture. But in a 2014 match between Roma and Juventus, Roma manager Rudy Garcia 
wasn't impressed with what he perceived as favorable officiating towards Juventus. At one point in the match, Garcia looked at the ref, mimed playing a violin, <laughs> and then the ref said, you know what, fuck you, and dismissed him. He sent him, oh, he told him, get out, you get, get off the bench, you're mm-hmm. out. Uh, Garcia's gesture was supposedly implying that the officials were quote, dancing to Juve's tune once again. Mm. Uh, Roma captain Francesco Totti agreed. After the match, he said, for years, the same old incidents keep happening. I don't know if we were beaten by referees, but we certainly were not beaten by Juventus tonight. This was a match we really cared about, but Juventus ought to have their own league, as by hook or by crook, they always win. And Juventus do have a history of being very... uh, kind of bending the rules and bribing people and stuff like that. I remember in 2006, they got relegated from the league because they had all these scandals and stuff. Yeah. But um, it was, again, like, I am can only imagine the referee was paid off because if you look at the gesture, the gesture is so, it's literally, he doesn't say a word, he doesn't yell at the ref, he just yeah. mimics playing a violin. Which I think is hilarious. Yeah. It's pretty clever, actually. And, and to get, to get, like, dismissed for that is it's 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 pretty annoying yeah i think right now the referees are lose are it's l's all around for the referees definitely yeah yeah, you're right because even the ones where it's like all right yeah that's a red card like we're not even sympathizing with that side so yeah, yeah. yeah. all right uh the owner our favorite our favorite boys back our boy david beckham is uh back owning this team he's got a lot of teams by now yeah um, and this time it's for his sarcasm. In 2005, while playing for Real Madrid, he was shown a yellow card for dissent slash talking back to the referee. In a demonstration of how he felt, Beckham sarcastically applauded the decision. Sounds a bit familiar. <laughs> this seemingly got under the official skin and he showed him another yellow right away, sending him for an early shower. This is also known as the Alexi Red. This is my kind of red card. This is what happens. This is what happens. I get it. I mean, like, yeah. It's, it, it, I will say most of these red cards are like just ego. A lot of refereeing, the best referees know how to keep their own ego in check. Sure. And when, once you don't, you become a terrible referee. Yeah. Like referees are supposed to just be there to keep a lid on the match and that's it. Right. Like you can't be, you can't let your own ego interfere with it. You know what I'm saying? Easier uh, said than done, unfortunately. It's a very hard job. It's a very hard job. But I also, I just, I hate, I hate, 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 hate referees. (laughs) I cannot stand them. They're so fucking annoying. Like just let the match happen, dude. Stop getting in the way. Yeah. But shout out Beckham. If I ever meet him, I'm going to tell him my story. I'll be like, you know, I also go to Redford doing that. (laughs) Me and you were cut from the same cloth, David. Amy's big question. Mm -hmm. I know everybody's always wanting to know what's Amy going to ask this week. Thought about it. And I came up with, you know, a question or two. I got to say, I don't even know what it is. It's not in the rundown. It's not. It's not because, uh, you know, I wanted an on the spot, on the fly, real time reaction answer. So, Alexi. Yeah. My big question this week is why do you love soccer? Oh, that's an interesting one. 
Why do I love soccer? Because, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, there's so many sports out there mm-hmm. there's to, a lot. to watch, to play, to partake in, to play video games, to, you know. To experience. To experience. There's so many sports. Um, but there's just something different when you talk about soccer. So I wanted yeah. to know where does your love of soccer come well, from and and how did it grow? The reason that I like soccer is because it's I think I've I've mentioned it before but there's not a lot of while there may be start and stop in the game, there's not a lot of start and stop in terms of the flow, right? Like so, I mean, yeah, you'll have a match sometimes where it'll just be fucking nothing will get going and it doesn't flow and it's just dismal, but I like that there is a starting point at zero, there's a pause at 45, there's a, a small break that's like always the same, 15 minute break, then there's start again, and you play to the end to 90, and that's it. I like that there's two distinct chunks of the game, it's not too broken up, there's no commercial breaks when you watch it on TV, and more importantly, I like the improvisation factor of it, mm-hmm. that's why I really, really gravitate to soccer and as a kid it was soccer and hockey were my favorite sports because you can design a shape or a structure that your team should play in and you can give your team the idea like what ideas they should be implementing yeah but at the end of the day like it's the players on the pitch who are like kind of creating their own you know story as as the game plays out like they're the ones deciding whether to push up, whether to drop back, whether to be wide, whether to be narrow, whether to pass, whether to shoot, whether to switch the play, whether to keep it here, whether to overlap, whatever. Like, you're the one deciding what's happening, whether to take a player on, whether to, like, retreat and pass the ball backwards and maintain possession. Like, you are the one figuring out the style of the game. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so cool is that everyone's style is so unique. And it's all different, like, all these different... It's about getting all these different players to, to come together and create something. That's what I really like about it. To me, it's more like, it's more like jazz than it is mm, like, yeah. you know, with American football, I was a fan of American football as a kid, but my favorite part about it was the coaching. I liked the coaching. I liked the kind of chess game, quote unquote, right. coming up with studying what their defense is doing, adjusting, or like, you know, figuring out the best way to beat the other team. But that's just like all the players are just pawns. They're not they don't have brains. They just run into each other. You know, (laughs) that's why they die when they're like 40. It's because it's like, you know, that's just how that game is played. It took me a long time to understand that basketball is actually improvised pretty much as well, that there are sets, but there aren't plays, so to speak. There's there's like inbounds plays and stuff. But really, like you can start the play. And it's going to change pretty quickly because things just change and you have to like make reads and kind of figure stuff out with soccer. There's just shapes, Mm -hmm. you know, like people are in spaces and it creates shapes and patterns. And you basically just have to figure out the best place for you to be in that current moment Mm. or the best place for the ball to be in that current moment. And um, I think to me, like just the improvisation aspect yeah. is what's most important to me about it. That's beautiful. Yeah. What about you? Why do you like it? Because Tyler Adams booty? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, y- you know, 
maybe not the improvisation but just the flow of it is kind of when I you know paid attention to soccer which was really the for the first time like this most recent World Cup um, that was the first time I watched so many matches in a row and there is something to be said about the flow of it you know it's like a dance and it's if you I feel like if you you know didn't have any sound and you were just like you could put some music on and just kind of like I know you know people like listening to the commentary and stuff but you can watch it and it's almost like meditative or like hypnotizing you know yeah it definitely can and I have I will say after watching soccer a bit more over the last couple of months again I'm I'm still very much a, a newbie and a casual to all of this but there is a notable difference between like the levels of of soccer you know and totally. how they're played based on like you know regionally or what league it is um but overall there is a flow to it and I've yeah. never I mean I have watched hockey a little bit but I've I've never really seen anything like that because you know growing up the sport that was on most of the time in my house was American football right and it's yeah you, you know it's it's a little more brutish <laughs> I mean another thing that's interesting to me about soccer is because it's so global you have so many different styles of play kind of going back yeah. to us talking about earlier about how there's different players and they all play different ways that even goes further than just the player himself or herself or the player themselves like what they'd like to do sometimes culturally you're going to get more of a certain type of player in a certain place right right? because of the history or the culture or whatever which that that's also really cool you know like it's always funny because you know even playing video games like people you know if you're playing with someone who doesn't really know and you they just want to play with national teams you can kind of give them like a kind of a primer. You can be like, oh, you want to play with Mexico? That's going to be, they're going to be shorter dudes and they're going to be faster. Yeah. If you want to play with Japan, they're also going to be like a little shorter and smaller, but they're fast and they're quick yeah. and they're smart. But if you want to play with like, I don't know, the Russian team, like they're not, they might have a couple quick guys, but it's mostly going to be kind of like plotting dudes and it's like kind of a brute sort of. You know, there's some skill, obviously, but yeah. historically, it's just kind of like athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to play with England, it's like a long ball. Like there's just Brazil. It's going to be creativity and flair. Yeah. And like there's going to be a lot of, you know, movement around the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just different. I like how there's different styles from country to country. Yeah. And uh, from even from club to club, like different teams are known for doing different things. Uh, yeah, I just like the the variety and the the improvisation in in the game like i think it's cool you know makes sense um whereas like american football it's great but only one country plays it (laughs) so it's like kind of lame (laughs) like yeah i mean another thing about soccer that i just thought of like it seems very accessible to to play you know really all you need is like somewhere that you have space and a ball you know yeah you don't even need a, a ball sometimes. I mean, yeah, you just kick something like a, that you can kick around. A you thing, know? anything, a water so bottle. I, I think that's you know that's a cool thing about it too. Is like it is global, it is accessible, um, and there's something about that that kind of feels like it you know can bring people together. So 
Yeah. For me also, like, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because part of the, the accessibility of it really is part of it too, because I would argue there was a period as a kid where hockey was my number one sport over soccer, but it was impossible. One of the least accessible. It was impossible, especially in Florida. It was like yeah. impossible to play hockey. Like I remember, I had I would get I had roller roller blades, and I my parents got me a hockey stick, and then I had like tennis balls, and that's what I would start as. But then I had a friend in the neighborhood, and they wanted to play hockey as well. And so then I remember we like scrounged up money and like got like went to this secondhand sports store mm-hmm. and bought like the leg pads and then we bought like other stuff for like a catcher because that's all they had. So it was like a catcher's <laughs> mask and a yeah. catcher's chest protector and a baseball glove made our own little goalie shit. But it's like even doing stuff like that, like that's so much more effort than just oh, like yeah. you mark up like a random little patch of grass or, or even street and say, hey this is one goal that's the other goal don't go past this don't go past that and they start kicking a ball and yeah. people show up right like you don't have to community. have you don't have to have equipment you don't have to have you know gear like you don't have to have a certain like outfit or yeah. shoes it's like yeah you just have to have yourself and, and it's all, it, it's awesome because it, it really does like foster connections and community because yeah. the sport is all about communication like you can't play soccer without talking you have to talk if you don't talk on the field everyone's lost and no one knows what anyone's doing Mm. like you have to communicate and this is why americans are such fucking idiots when you play with them a lot no offense but like it's true when you play with americans sometimes like they'll get mad at you for talking to them or like they'll be like don't yell at me it's like i'm not yelling at you i'm communicating to you and you can communicate back to me that's what soccer is if you're not if you're on the pitch and you're not communicating you're a shit player (laughs) that's just facts like it is it's just true like it shouldn't be like a library out there it should be like a fucking like a rowdy bar (laughs) like everyone Mm -hmm. should be yelling all the time Mm -hmm. because if you're not you're not communicating you know and if you're not communicating you don't know how you're supposed to read someone's mind unless you played with them for like five ten years then like maybe you can just a look will do it you know yeah but if it's the first time playing you have to talk yeah um and you know, another thing, soccer in America is really weird, too, because, you know, I th- I've mentioned this before, but when you play in, like, random little pickup games where there's, like, you know, where it's just completely random, where it's like, hey, we're going to use our sweaters as a goal and we're going to just kick a ball around and whatever. Those are the games where it's not a lot of, usually it's not a lot of Americans in those. Like, those, that brings everybody. But when Americans want to get together and play pickup, it's like, uh, okay, Derek, shall we meet at the park at 7 a.m. with our foldable goals? And don't forget to bring your shin guards and the the bibs. And maybe we should have a, uh, hire a referee and then we'll, we'll sprint afterwards. And it's like, do a routine. It's like, shut the fuck up. Just play the fucking game, dude. Like, uh, it's... That that's like legit my experience a lot at least playing yeah when you play with people who are either like first or second generation non-american it's way more enjoyable usually hmm. unless the americans have played at a certain level and they're like, sure okay. unless they understand yeah it's like uh it's a if you know you know type thing mm-hmm I hope y'all enjoyed that. You can follow us on TikTok at Calling All Casuals. You can follow us on Instagram at Calling All Casuals. Twitter, we don't really use it, but it's at Calling Casuals. No all. And of course, the quickest way to get in touch with us directly, callingallcasuals at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you. Hope you have a happy new year. And we will catch you next week. And remember, keep it 
Cajon. Shishkin Productions Podcast.